my street photography. I try to understand things that are difficult for me to understand. I've said this in interviews before. I have had extensive conversations with homeless people and I'll leave that conversation, I'll give them a hug and I'll walk away and I'll think to myself, not what's wrong with this person. I think to myself, what the hell's wrong with me? Why have I never done that before? Why am I not doing more? If every citizen would just do a little bit more, we could all just do a little bit in our own way. I don't mean giving out money or whatever, just do something, right? We all live in a society together, right? Who doesn't want to live in a healthy and educated society? It blows me away. In this Biggest Little Streets podcast episode, we interview Reno street photographer, Eric Marks. He has insomnia so many nights he goes out onto the streets of Reno, documenting those still out and about. This work has given him many perspectives, praise, as well as criticism from others who seem to disagree with the premise of street photography. But what does the street photographer have to say? What does he learn by seeing and observing what's going on when most of us are safely tucked away? Our reporter for this episode is Scott King. I'm VR Town Reno coordinator, Nico Columbant. Thanks for taking a closer listen to those who care about our neighbors struggling, our dwindling public space, those who worry about ongoing gentrification and this growing affordable housing crisis. Onward to this week's episode. This is Scott King with the Biggest Little Streets podcast, and with me here today is Eric Marks. We're here to talk about you're an avid street photographer, as well as you do photography in a couple other different means uh, professionally. Um, But could you at least just kind of start us off and tell us a little bit about how you kind of got started in photography and then how that developed into street photography? Ah, sure. My first foray into photography actually was... um, after skiing in the junior ski program up at the Reindeer Lounge, I would go table to table and pop off family portraits for people and then hustle them out for 10 bucks a pop. <laughs> you know, it's like 1979, 1980, and I'm making like $80 profit margins. Um, and I just thought that was the neatest thing in the world. And then I expanded that to going door to door in my neighborhood and doing the same thing. And um, then it just was a natural evolution from there. I owned a video production company, two of them, from 2005 to 2012. Economy kind of took a tank. We had to reevaluate my partner and I. The whole time I was owning that company, I was actually a student at UNR. Um, I obtained my first degree here in 2013, English writing out of Franceton with a minor in photography. And then again in 2018, I graduated from the CFA with an art degree. You know, looking at your website and your profile, your page, um, there's obviously a lot of variety of of photography that you do. So in summary, what type of photography do you do? do? I would be probably best categorized as a commercial photographer if you were to have to put a label to it. Um, When I was attending CFA here around 2009, Dr. Peter Gowan and Scott Hinton, head of the uh, research assistant and head of the department, art department at the time, approached me and asked me if I would TA for a gentleman named Jeff Ross, who was coming in, a very esteemed photographer. I was already in my 30s when I started school. I, I suffered a very traumatic injury when I was 19, kind of knocked me out of life for about 10 years, broken back kind of thing. Um, so they asked me to TA for Jeff. Uh, Jeff was very kind in um, assisting me in my evolution. The next semester, Jeff asked me to come back and TA for him, even though I wasn't taking his class and then he hired me into his studio. So I worked for five years with Jeff, and we did everything from, you know, shower heads to portraits. 
Um, I just I just obtained this very diverse set of skills, photography skills, by accident. Honestly, there's no grand genius on my part, I assure you. And um, at the end of my video company, there was a there's a very pr uh, prominent wedding photographer at Lake Tahoe, and so he actually about a year after I ended my video company was had an open call for an assistant, and um, I responded to it, and he was already a friend kind of. And he's like, no, 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 you're too experienced. You can't, I, I can't pay you. And I was like, no, no, I want to do it. You know, I've never shot a wedding. It's cool. And um, uh, I went and shot the first wedding with him. I thought I was going to never take a photo again. It was literally the most difficult form of photography I ever have encountered. To shoot at weddings? Absolutely. To, to this day. And, and why is that? The, the madness, the overall chaos of the event. There's a lot of high pressure, and I, I work well in high pressure environments. I'm very calm in a high pressure environment. But when you're trying to manage 300 people, it's the most important day of those people's lives, and you better approach it that way too, right? It's, we approach it in all seriousness. We have to, we like to have fun. But um, you know, it's uh, especially when you're working at the lake. It can be some top dollar weddings up there. And I'm a five star award winning wedding photographer. Uh, I've been doing it successfully now for about six years, and uh, I, I love it. And then it dawned on me the correlations, the, the exact and direct correlation between wedding photography and street photography. And once I made that connection, everything just kind of clicked because I was able to utilize my street photography skill set into the weddings, the rapid exposures, the extreme chaos, the noise, the just overwhelming uh, visual, the whole visceral experience of it all. It's just, it's, it's a lot sometimes, you know, um, especially July Tahoe or July on Virginia Street. If you're looking west, you could be a four-stop different than if you're looking east, just by turning, you know, you're just by turning 180 degrees. So, I know where my, my camera settings are, and I try not to move my aperture, and I try not to move my ISO, and then I can just work my shutter, and that gives me a little bit of an advantage. And I, I teach that in the uh, TMCC classes that I instruct. So, you know, here at Our Town Reno and on the Biggest Little Streets podcast, we're very interested in kind of telling the story of life on the streets in Reno. Yeah. So how did you get involved in street photography, and particularly in Reno? Well, first of all, let me tell you, you guys do a great job. When I started this, I was basically the only person doing it in Reno. And I thought to myself, geez, these images are good. I don't understand. And then I realized it was just a, a, a marketing thing. So I, I rebranded it. So I locked up RenoStreetPhotography.com. That seemed logical to me. Um, I started in California. My grandfather used to love just sit there and, and people watch. And to this day, I just love to observe people. I love the psychology of traffic, crowds. Um, he taught me one of the most important lessons in, in my life in terms of photography. And, and that's what I teach my students, look up, right? There's a look up, look it down. Everybody shoots at eye level. So I really try hard to get away from that. Then in Reno, just got out there and started doing it. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of, of gritty stuff here, and um, I like that, you know. And then I started catching a lot of flack from people for photographing the homeless and uh, displaced people, as Diane Arbus would use the term, and I teach that. And even my own department heads were, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. And I've stated this in many interviews, I utterly reject that. That's otherization. I refuse to not include everybody kind of building on that. So your critics that might come and say that may not be appropriate or acceptable to, to photograph people that are struggling, such as the homeless, and how do you defend yourself? I don't defend myself. I say unfollow my page. I could care less. I'm not quite so friendly about it anymore. Look, street, street photography, literally the oldest remaining photograph in existence in the Smithsonian, viewed from a window at Legrade. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a picture of a street, Cartier-Bresson. It's all street photography, right? So these people who give me this, this grief, it, it bothered 
bothers some people, I, I literally have no time or concern for it whatsoever. If you don't like it, I tell people, it's America. If you don't like what you're watching, change the channel, dude. And if they persist, I just block them. I don't even engage in it because um, life's too short. And some of the things I've seen on these streets and now having done street photography in 14 countries, um, it really gives me an appreciation and just uh, for my health and, and the world around me. What is the importance in street photography as it relates to a community? I think it's important to show people what their cities look like when they're, when I'm looking in places they don't see, especially at times when they're asleep and they're nestled in their beds and you're tucked safely away on Vista Boulevard in your little suburb lifestyle. Where I grew up, I didn't, I had a great, normal average life you know i'm not a product of any kind of dysfunctionality i love my mother and father i had a great family unit um but some of the things that i see crawling around these streets man it's it'll it'll blow your mind and people don't believe you and i've had people call me out and think i i stage photos and i'm like i, I couldn't stage this if i wanted to i just happen to be you know when you when you do this 365 24 7 invariably you will catch a few lucky ones and so I'm lucky that way. When you go out to go shoot street photography what are some strategies that you take with you as you go forward? When I started this page I simply started taking pictures of things that interested me and putting them online. There was no motivation, no monetary, no financial motivation. It was just just a love of the world around me. Uh, most people, 99% of them, real friendly, um, displaced and homeless people a lot. I'm very thankful I spent a lot of time with them. I ask names, I give hugs. Um, uh, the, the women and children thing is really difficult for me. Um, and then in a, uh, 2017, I had a, a little bit of a moral dilemma with it and I almost shut the page down because I ran into somebody I actually knew um, who was living between two dumpsters with her dog. And uh, it really put me in a headspace that I didn't have a reference frame for dealing with emotionally. And uh, so that was the first time I ever really had to reevaluate what I was doing. And I had to, I had to talk to some professional photographers and, and some peers and ask them, how do you, how do I proceed here? What do I do? And they're like, you got to figure it out, man. It's part of it. You know, I had struggled with it literally for, I didn't post for months. I put my camera down. I didn't even touch my camera for weeks. And then I decided the right thing to do was to um, continue um, through the, the, the advice of a very good friend of mine. She was very, um, tantamount and, and encouraging me to continue and, and explain to me the importance of what I'm doing as opposed to uh, me just throwing in the towel and I'm very grateful to her that was a very difficult thing for me to encounter um, and then when I got to other countries and started seeing the impoverishment there Mexico you know especially I, I did street photography in Oaxaca and Puebla and DF and that's crazy down there man and you know it's a lot different than Prague you know, doing street photography in Prague, it's castles in the, in the river, it's, it's, it's a whole different aesthetic. And so that's my latest thing is international street photography, and that's where my focus is headed towards the future. Reno is redefining itself, it's very Ouroboros to me. Uh, I, I have mixed emotions about what's going on in the city, to be perfectly honest. Lack of preservation, pr primarily. Um, the housing issue is off, speaks for itself. I don't need to even comment on that, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I have friends who are you know, uh, I believe this is Reno reported that 48% um, of the people here make less than $17 an hour. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the reality we live in. It's crazy. It is. It is. So it's it's 
I'm waiting for the dust to, the proverbial dust to kind of settle and see what kind of scape I have now because for me as a street photographer, it's great. It's like uh, Inception, the movie, you know, it's like the city's reinventing itself. <laughs> so I've got all these new paths. Then we've got all these awesome artists and street muralists and like, so it never looks the same. So mm -hmm. I can go out in one summer and shoot the same place and get a completely different look than I did the summer before. So fortunate for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. For Reno, I should say. Uh, you mentioned that because you're shooting some stuff that, uh, you know, not everyday people are going to see, um, and that being some of the things that are kind of hard to be exposed to, what are maybe your coping mechanisms uh, of after going out there, you know, and shooting some, you know, things that might be kind of hard for the average person to kind of take in? How do you decompress? How do you, how do you cope with that? Uh, well, again, uh, t initially it never bothered me. Other than that singular um, incident, I don't really, I just go home, check it out, and they're cool pictures. I'm, I'm concerned with the, uh, the technical correctness of my images, right? That's where I'm at. And that's what I love about street photography too, is it's not, I don't have to have this kind of precision I do in a studio. It's not like I'm doing CEO, CFOs. When I do those headshots, it better be on point, right? When I'm on the streets, if, I, if the focus slips a little bit or, you know, I didn't get the quite the right exposure, that's okay. I'll just jack the exposure and turn it black and white and see what happens. <laughs> They're not all keepers, man. <laughs> right. So when, of course, you're in a public space and a lot of your subjects are, well, they are in a public space. Yeah. So you've said that you've communicated with them, you know, get their permission, whatever. No. No, no not I, always? I, I, zero. I would never, absolutely, I would never, I would never pass a photo off as street photography if the person was, how do you explain this? It's not, sometimes they're aware, and by, you know what it, when somebody looks at a camera, it changes. When they see a camera point, they, they immediately change, right? Their demeanor changes. That's different than street portraiture. If I catch somebody on my, if you ever see a photo of mine that is um, tagged, you know, so-and-so is art, like um, you know, Joe Smith is art, that's a friend that I know personally, and I just happen to catch him on the street. Okay. Um, then some people all point the camera at them and then they just bust into their wacky poses, you know. Is that street portraiture? Are they posing? Is that candid 100%? I think the viewer is, I think my viewers, uh, my followers are intelligent enough to make that decision for them, for themselves. You know, it's, it's obvious when some dude's looking at the camera and, and busting you the bird, it's obviously he saw you. Uh, you know, but I, I try to always never make myself, um, noticed i wear all black i wear black hoodies i teach safety in my classes first and foremost safety there's no image on the planet that's worth getting stabbed over that's almost happened i've had a few instances where people try to assault me take my camera i never put myself in a situation um wink wink knowingly that's dangerous <laughs> we we do what we do as um photographers to get our shots but yeah, you have to obey the law, man, 100%. You don't impede a police investigation, you don't block doorways to businesses, and you most certainly uh, don't ever go into traffic, moving traffic, especially in this town nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you speak a little bit more about like the rights of a street photographer? I mean, it's the public domain, man. So I just kind of like, I don't engage people in banter. That's what I don't do. Um, I instruct that in my class. So I teach awareness, you know, be aware. And don't ever, Purpose, I never purposely aggravate somebody. You'll see a lot of pictures where, on my page where people are um, noticeably upset by having their picture taken, but I did not purposely upset them, if that makes sense. 
I've never had a physical altercation. I, ha I have no intention of having a physical altercation. I don't carry weapons. I know street photographers that do. I find that disgusting. I find it a, a good way to um, get yourself killed or uh, hurt somebody, and I'm not looking to do either one of those two things. Again, this is Scott King uh, with Eric Marks here on the Biggest Little Street podcast. So going back to our discussion about, you know, some of your subjects are those that are kind of on the fringes of society, um, dealing with homelessness or other types of issues. What is your response to people that, that maybe call you out and say that, you know, maybe you're exploiting these subjects? What's your response to them? Uh, I simply tell people again, I, I do not, people like to say I portray Reno. I've heard the comment, I should say rather, uh, that I have portrayed Reno in a bad way. And my response is just, a truthful and logical one. I don't portray Reno at all. We're photographers. We, we're, do we're documentarians. We document what we see. We don't portray, right? If I were to stage something, right? If I were to stage something that's not real, that would be a portrayal by literal definition. I am not portraying Reno in any way, shape, or form. I am documenting things that I see. If you don't like it, I don't care. Don't follow the page. It's, it's not complicated for me. I, don't, I really don't care. I never did it for anybody but myself, so therefore it's quite liberating not having the concern. Um, but I will say this too, all seriousness aside, I'm very grateful for my followers. The city has, had, has been supportive of me. Reno Lens, very supportive of me. Truckee Meadows Community College reached out to me. I've been instructing the class there for three years now. Very supportive of me. And I think it's because the art form to me the biggest fallacy about the page is it's, that page is never was never about Eric Marks. It was always about the things that I see on the street. What are some of the things that strike your interest when you're out there on the street? You know, just uh, I like interesting characters, and that doesn't come from any demographic. That that just spans the whole gamut for me. So, um, and I also like light and shape. I'm a big fan of negative space. Huge fan of negative space. I think negative space when used properly, is an extremely power compositional tool. I think a lot of artists will um, agree with that statement. Could you elaborate a little bit more about what negative space means for any of our listeners that aren't familiar with it? Sure. It, it's just a, a portion of an image devoid of information. You can use negative space, positive space in very um, powerful ways when you understand them, what they are, how to use them. And so I'll use a lot of negative space to isolate a subject a lot of times. I'll try to find a, a background that's very contrasty to a, a subject, very um, singular in terms of color, you know, not, not too busy. I'm, I'm really obsessive with my backgrounds in, in all my photography. However, like a lot of street photographers, I know this city like the back of my hand. I can tell you exactly where the light is 365 days a year. I can tell you where the shadows are falling. I can tell you when Douglas Alley is going to be a giant mirror. Um, and it's very humbling and um, gratifying that over the course of time, I've seen other street photographers such as yourself come out of the woodworks and then people have, have messaged me and were like, hey man, thanks for doing this. I always wanted to do it, but I was afraid to do it. And then I saw you do it. And I'm like, that's the, that's the moral conundrum of the, the individual artist as a street photographer. Do you have what you think it takes to stick that lens in somebody's face? That's, I guess that's, that's the, the bottom philosophy I have. Shoot what interests you. Be safe and don't upset people. And be careful and have a great time, man. Street photography to me, the world is the best subject at studio possible, right? It's constantly just, it's in flux. Every, every second of every minute is just a state of flux. And so it's hard to really not take a good picture 
if you are endowed with the skills and the desire to do so. What are some things that you hope that your viewers get out of seeing some of your, your shots and your photography? I have no desire for my, my viewers to have any um, reaction. That's up to them. I don't impose that on, I don't impose mandates on my, on my art. I, I don't like to do that actually. I want you to look at it, whatever your natural response, whatever that invokes in you, that's great. If it anger, terrifies, brings you joy, sadness, wonder, curiosity, that's great. And I just, I'm having a good time with it, dude. That's all I ever wanted from it. It's, it's not anything um, that I think is like some grand genius. I, I'm very appreciative of people who, who follow the page and like it. I hope people like it, you know? I hope they do, but um, at the same time, I, I really don't care if they don't. <laughs> so, does that sound strange yeah, to say? Yeah, no, 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 fair enough. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess that's kind of like the beauty of art, right? Is that whoever is viewing it or experiencing whatsoever can have a different response. Absolutely. Um, right. you, would you care to elaborate a little bit about photography as an art form? The most important form of historical documentation for many, many years. And even the precursor to photography, painting, right? Documented things. Um, up until the, the Kent State incident, when um, Time Magazine, you know, photoshopped out the, the uh, they dodged out the uh, pull from Marianne Vecchia's head. Mm -hmm. And then after, and then of course with the OJ thing. But then um, the OJ thing to me, <clears throat> I think we already realized we were living in a time of digital manipulation. Uh, the Kent State, image that caused a, a huge controversy at the time. I think that was the first time when people started uh, questioning the integrity of, of photography in terms of accuracy. Um, certainly for me, I wasn't alive during Kent's day, but um, when, I, when I studied that in school here, and uh, I studied it intensely and was very interested in, in the social impact that that had. And then living through the OJ um, thing where um, but that, you know, I'm not opposed to the OJ thing. And I do that with my images. I'm not going to lie. I, I will jack my contrast. I'll jack the clarity. Um, you can make things look greater. I teach it in class. I'm not hiding about it. I, I openly teach it in my classes. You want to make something look gritty? Well, first of all, find a gritty background, right? That's not hard to do in Reno. I don't do anything in my pictures that you couldn't do in a dark room, right? I don't introduce or remove objects. That's photo manipulation. Absolutely do not do that at all. However, I do, I do raw process in Lightroom, I have to, right? I got a DNG file, I got this camera raw file, I gotta bring it into Lightroom. I don't even look at my images. I take the pictures, I don't dump a roll for like a month, sometimes yeah. two months. I forget I even took that picture and that's what I want. So when I go back to edit those pictures, I'm looking at them with a fresh, eyes, fresh set of eyes and everything. Um, so I will adjust the settings. However, I will not, and I am 100% adamantly opposed to people who manipulate their images digitally, introducing or removing objects, street photographers. That's against the integrity of street photography. It's in direct opposition of everything, opposition that everything it stands for. And if you do that, then you're not a street photographer and you should call yourself out and just say, hey, I, I, I manipulated this image. But no, I don't do that. All right. Well, again, this is Scott King on the Biggest Little Streets podcast here with street photographer Eric Marks. Uh, so we talked a little bit about how you've been you know, doing street photography in Reno for quite a, a long time now. So what are maybe some of your favorite spots to yeah. shoot here in Reno? Well, look, Reno is not exactly a giant city, right? It's, it's the biggest little city, right? By definition. The 4th Street, Virginia Street Corridor used to be my favorite. Um, it, it seems like the more the downtown is trying to develop, it's getting pushed 
just it's not really solving anything in my observations it's just kind of displacing it you know you can sweep dust under the rug there's still dust under the rug man and it's still going to come trickling out right they think whomever thinks um shutting down record street um or the bus the greyhound station that was just really obnoxious to me that they leveled that thing with no preservation whatsoever it's uh i used to like shooting the city mart on you know ralston and, and fourth street but it's gone um, all the motels, one of my favorite pictures I ever took was the mo motel behind the Third Street Apartments. I love alleys, I love behind, you know, like uh, the old HQ building over in there. Um, behind, there's not a whole lot you can do. That's why it's such a challenge here in Reno to be a street photographer. You have to take your take, what you see, what I see. I mean, we got like a five block radius, right? It's not like it's Manhattan. You know, I've done street photography in all the UK, Germany, Copenhagen, uh, Norway, the Czech Republic, Mexico, Australia, and they're all a lot more conducive than Reno, which is awesome because Reno challenges me. So over the years, and I'm constantly developing my style, I'm always pushing myself to try to find something new, to uh, new techniques, new, new takes on old things, and uh, that's the challenge. But then that's where you, that's where you, I like to tell my students, um, use light reflection right use unconventional povs look up look down get on top of something shoot down so i'm, I'm not afraid to jump up on a dumpster to get that angle coming down any more than i am to lay in a puddle of, of who knows what you know my students are kind of like bro you're crazy and i've had my friends on the streets honking at me like marks what are you doing get out of that <laughs> yeah i'm in a dumpster at four in the morning on montello but guess what that's the great ang that's the angle i needed mm -hmm. to get that shot through those two <laughs> windows of that hooker coming down the street that's the sh that's where i needed to be so am i in a dumpster yeah i am i don't mind it's a little wacky i i think but uh i think anybody that knows me knows uh, i have good intentions and I'm, I'm on a pretty good relationship there's a video on the real street photography page i made a little time lapse video between the police, uh, the paramedics, the fires, the hookers, the gangbangers, they're all the same to me, right? I don't treat any of them any differently. Obviously, I treat the law enforcement with the respect they deserve, but um, I have also helped them. Uh, I've aided them with my street photography accidentally in arresting three uh, people who committed assault. I made uh, the motel shooting with the, the old gentleman a few years back. I was there. I actually got trapped behind a dumpster between two SWAT teams. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was probably not my best decision at that point in time. The, the female RPD um, officer, very much to her um, <laughs> credit, was like, get down. What's wrong with you? And I'm, you know, cause I'm like, I'm like popping up trying to get <laughs> but, but then I realized that's not even street photography. That's just journalism at that point in time. And I am a journalist for this is Reno and, and news and review both. So um, then I have to come home and say to myself, okay, that's not even a street photography image. That's a journalism. That's a whole different world. So that does, that goes into this pile. This goes into that pile. It's fun, man. I mean, people are, you know, they're friendly out there. It's people have this conception of, of a misconception rather of um, homeless people. And I think it, and the, I think that really needs to be addressed. These are human beings, man. And, uh, you know, the first two years of it, I almost went broke, man. I was, the money I was spending on like food and change and blankets and it's just crazy. And then I had to realize, look, I have to dial this back. I can't solve this problem on my own. The best thing I can do is to continue to take images and just expose what's out there. And I want people to look at things.
and understand that the world that we live in is not all luxury automobiles, right? We're not all making six figures in Reno Plus. We don't all drive Teslas, right? Uh, so to touch again on you know the affordable housing crisis and homelessness, as being exposed to this quite a bit in your street photography, what have you learned about homelessness and what has been your experience in regards to that? Well, what I've learned about it, 2020, hey man, we're all one step away from it. And I will make that argument with a lot of people. You know, I'm, a lot of people, it's not a cliche to say people live paycheck to paycheck. They do. I know this for a fact. What I have learned unequivocally is we are all one step away from being homeless. God forbid, man. I mean, if, if you injure yourself, look, I was I was headed off to the Air Force, man. I was a 19-year-old kid. I was in high school, read high school, class of 1990, and I made a bad decision one day to go down a toboggan run, and I ended up with three fractured vertebrae and titanium processes. T- processes. The entire trajectory of my life changed, right? And I was literally a centimeter away from severing the nerves in my spine, I would have been in a wheelchair. So I don't take anything for granted after that, man. I'm, I'm, and people think it's strange that I say this. I'm very grateful to the universe for that lesson. It taught me a lot of humility, man. My street photography, I try to understand things that are difficult for me to understand. I've said this in interviews before. I have had extensive conversations with homeless people, and I'll leave that conversation. I'll give them a hug, and I'll walk away, and I'll think to myself, not what's wrong with this person? I think to myself, what the hell's wrong with me? Why have I never done that before? Why am I not doing more? If every citizen would just do a little bit more, if we could all just do a little bit in our own way, I don't mean giving out money or whatever, just do something, right? Because we all live in a society together, right? Who doesn't want to live in a healthy and educated society? It blows me away. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, this is Scott King with Eric Marks here on the Biggest Little Streets podcast. So I guess as we kind of start and wrap up here, What's your favorite part about Reno? Oh, man. My favorite part about Reno. I guess it's just the, the, the nature of its constant flux. It's just one of those cities that is really unpredictable. And you could say that about any place, but my favorite part about it is it's chaos, man, between the events and then, you know, Reno's an alcohol-fueled openly city gambling prostitution two miles away illegalized um, all these crawls so you know inevitably you get just a lot of chaos and i love the concentration of chaos because other cities are chaotic obviously manhattan san francisco but it's not as concentrated right Mm -hmm. so when you have that kind of concentration of just like total wtf it's it's kind of cool in terms of a a photographer's perspective At, at least it is for me i shouldn't I shouldn't speak for other people, but um, for me, it's cool that way. And I and I, ho- I hope for you guys too. I hope you um, have a good time here in Reno. I mean, what do you what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I've what I appreciate about it is, um, you know, people ask me if, since I've come out here. I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So um, I came out here, and people would be like, "Oh, so what's Reno like?" And I find myself my common response is, "Oh, you know, it's a, it's a town with character." And people say, "Oh, what do you mean by that?" And and when I have to elaborate, it's, well, it's because pe- people here are authentic. Like, they're not afraid to be themselves. They're, everyone's, a, for the most part, accepting of each other. You know, if, if whatever you're kind of into, like, you do you and I'll do me and we're all living in this world. Yeah, I So that. Um, that has been, that kind of authenticity, that kind of character, uh, that's what, in my, you know, short experience so far here in Reno, is something that I've really come to appreciate. Yeah, good for you, man. I think, uh, I hope Reno street photography encompasses that. I absolutely believe that Reno 
was, is, and I think always will be the Wild West. People understand we have a large, Reno was, was built, if you know the history of Reno, there was a lot of Jewish immigrants here, Italians. You know, I live uh, not too far from campus, and if you go up on Washington Street, you'll see the Italian flag on the poles painted, right? Uh, Basque, Chinese. A lot of people were, back in the day, trying to get down to San Francisco, and their train fare just ran out and just dumped off in Reno. So, mm -hmm. But Reno is unique in that way. The, the town was built on quick money. Uh, we literally funded and won the Union War for, for Lincoln, literally. Um, the mining, the uh, gambling, the prostitution, the quickie marriage, the quickie divorce. Look how many people got married here. Marilyn Monroe. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's, there's history here, man. Come check out the pictures of Reno, man. Come see what our little town's all about. Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Our Town Reno, at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out.